we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. It appears as though something has happened in the motorcade route. The Oswald has been shot. fired out of two adjoining rooms using a device similar to a hammer to smash the windows. Several uh, flying saucers there of extraterrestrial origin. Jigging Chris Graves. Hello, welcome back to Jigging Chris Graves, yours truly. I am very honored to have my guest tonight, uh, Mr. Charlie Robinson of Macro Aggressions and Union of the Unwanted. Welcome, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for having me. I was watching your intro and it 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 kind of reminded me. I live right down the street from Columbine. (laughs) Do you? Wow. Now, yeah. have you been there for? Um... No, I've, I no, I, I just, I just have to drive by it, you know, like you know, down by the street that it's on, um, wow. you know, to 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 get to most most places where I'm going. But yeah, wow, yeah, yeah I always thought you you were from Vegas. Like I am from I've 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 been oh. in 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 Colorado now for seven years, but I was in Vegas for for 10 years. So I wasn't, I wasn't living here when, when okay. the shooting happened. Yeah. I, it's just recently, but you know, given the line of work I'm in and the proximity and driving by yeah. that one, you just kind of go, well, that was well, sort of the, that was the original thing that kind of got on my radar as far as like, you know, that, that was like the OG of school shootings. It was, I always refer to it and maybe it's not appropriate, but it was like the nine 11 of, the school shooting phenomenon yeah. basically yeah yeah really all, was. always refer to it every time we have another one of these unfortunately mm-hmm. now now that you mentioned that and you could tell me if this is none of my business if it's not my business or anything but um having lived near there have you had local people ever talk to you about the weirdness no. that surrounds that event no no and i, I but i also haven't asked you know i haven't okay. really I haven't really asked. It's fun. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know there. I know that there's a little bit of nonsense surrounding it, but it, but it was, wasn't one that I ever really did too deep of a dive into. Um, there's a lot, but, that, there is there, a lot, but, there. but, yeah. but, but, uh, but I do know that there's, there's quite a bit there. Yeah, there's quite a bit there. <laughs> That's know, what I've been trying place, to do. It also reminds me, you know, we've got the, the, John Benet Ramsey type stuff and the connections to this area and um the know, military the, industrial complex. I heard there's Lockheed Martin's right there, right? There's all Lockheed Martin. I can look out my window and see Lockheed Martin. Oh wow, yeah. So there's a lot of connections. And then you get into the Aurora Batman movie theater thing. That's I heard kind of close by as well. It's not too far. I drove by a place, there's a part a memorial park there for it yeah and then there's there's of course the denver airport which is wild okay i mean like they've taken a lot of the the paintings down they've been remodeling it but the paintings were there 
And not only were they there where they were remodeling the airport, which they're still currently doing, they would have big sections of like re where retail had been. And it would be, you know, boarded over at, as if to, to say like, yeah, this part is closed because it's under construction. Like the way you, you know, it was a, a reasonable way to do it, but right. on the boarding, they had made these really nice signs that went on it. And it said, like pardon our dust we're under construction for the following for one of the following reasons a the lizard people are updating their underground layer b b the uh network of underground trains and tunnels need to be fixed or c we're expanding the retail complex and then next to it is a gigantic picture of a chameleon lizard wearing a crown i think and i, you're, I and i've you're seen like, they're that. just fucking with us yes <laughs> yes and they actually i think even before the renovation they had uh, some kind of tv display that was going on that made fun of the whole thing too they have they have um they have a blue horse i heard i've done a blue horse out front the, yeah that's still a big statue they call it blucifer even the news calls it blucifer it's bright blue with red eyes yes. it killed the maker of it it fell on him so, so so there's that there's a there is a big inscription like a plaque to the new world airport commission uh, with a Freemason sign on it that, and, uh, and then there's a gargoyle coming out of a suitcase that's up top. And if you yeah. sit there long enough, it'll make noises and talk to you, Really, but it's on like a long loop. Cause I've sat there for like 20 minutes waiting. Cause I was waiting for luggage and just stood next to it. Uh, and it didn't do it, but sometimes it'll do it. So yeah, the whole, they, they're having some fun with people. I always thought it was just a continuity of government, a cog like facility that was, you know, before 9-11 that they just were working on over and over. Well, I think it is because there, because there was no need to move the airport out of Stapleton to, to where yeah. uh, DIA is. It's, it's out in the boonies and they spent, you know, a lot three of times as much money as they should have. And it took them a whole lot longer than it, than it should have. And they're already renovating it again with like another billion dollars of renovation when it didn't need it in the first place. So they're definitely doing something underground. I mean, I think that's, that's yeah. well known. I've got a, um, a sponsor to my show who, who's been out here for a long, long time, who's a nuclear physicist and he knows all sorts of, he's got all sorts of stories about underground tunnels and, um, he's been down in them before too. So he said, he goes, I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty that they're real and that they exist because I've been down there and they, he went into an office that was down there and they were like, what are you doing down here? He says, <laughs> someone to ask about this. They're like, we have got to get you out of here. <laughs> so right. he, yeah, yeah. So anyway, he's got stories. So yeah. The whole place is weird, but yeah, I also I mean, heard that it's the, the speaking of continuity of government, it's, it's the relocation for Washington DC in the event of an emergency. So, I had heard that, yeah, it was Washington, D.C. West. I right. heard it referred to yep. as. And I think after, during 9-11, I think when uh, Rumsfeld actually greenlit the, uh, officially greenlit the, the COG or whatever you want to call it, continuity of government. I think a lot of stuff was going on there as well, um, besides Washington and everything. And, yeah. But uh, but anyway, we're going so going backwards here, <laughs> I've actually stood in front of those murals too that you were talking about, 
because I flew in in there once to go to Fort Collins mm -hmm. uh, to visit a friend, and that was so odd. Just just the way that just seemed like depictions of like Nazi jackbooted boot, thugs like stepping on children's heads with like swords. with gas masks on, gas and a, masks. Sword, a sword in one hand, an AK forty seven in the yeah. other hand, and then behind them like. Yeah. It looks like fallout. And then all of these children, all these dead children in front of them that are all like from different countries dressed like different, like the little Dutch girl looks like she's, you know, yeah. like wearing like Dutch outfits. The Chinese boy just dressed like he's from China. And different and, religions too, I heard. Yeah, it's a re, I mean, it was, it was every bit, you know, it's like, are you nervous about your trip? Are you kind of un, you know, flying. scared of flying? Yeah. Here, take a look at this death and destruction scene. Yeah. Have a great flight, everybody. You know, it's There's really a new really world holocaust up. right here. <laughs> you want peanuts? You know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that that's the epitome of weirdness right there. But yeah, for sure. But I interviewed you for my show, uh, Get Mad with uh, mm -hmm. on, on Shelly.com, and I appreciate you taking the time then too. Thanks uh, for having but, me on that one. I'm glad that I'm able to see you this time. This is like yeah. a, a different venture for me. Um, so for those that didn't get to hear the Get Mad episode, let's just do like a real short like recap of um, basically not. <laughs> I don't want to be like, let's do a very, very short like recap of your whole life and everything you've ever <laughs> learned and researched. I don't mean it like that. You've written uh, two books so far, right? Three. And Three books. Okay, three. That's right. Yeah. I didn't know if you were on the cusp of having another one. Would that be a yeah. fourth one, or just uh, I'm I'm third I'm just came out right. Thinking, yeah, the third one came out the end of 2021. I'm I'm oh. I'm thinking of of book number four. I'm I thinking. hope you do. Okay, all right. Okay, cool. So going back to uh, your first book, the Octopus of Global Control. I was always intrigued by that because. At first, I had thought maybe you had uh, you, this was a book going into the Danny Casaloro like murder mm -hmm. and things like that, but it's actually it's way beyond his story and what he was looking into. Can can you just tell the folks out there basically the background on that and with the promise technology and I believe it's. It is the promise, right? Not echelon. I, I always get right. those two mixed up. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I. I I, I was acutely aware of the fact that Danny Castellaro was 44 years old writing a book called The Octopus when he wound up dead in a hotel bathtub uh, yeah. from allegedly killing himself, even though he was scared of blood. And I was 44 yeah. years old writing a book called The Octopus of Global Control yeah. uh, about some of these same con control structures. And I was... Um, most definitely not looking to end up in a hotel bathtub myself. So I, I, right. I don't, you know, listen, I, I, I know what Danny wrote about and you know, the, those, those people are in, in my octopus book too, you know, it, but, but I, I wanted to go into a much, that first book came out of a, a, a conversation I had many, many years earlier where I, I realized during this this conversation that the person that I was talking to about the these sorts of government control issues yeah. didn't view me as being an authority on this topic at all. They they just said, you know, they didn't necessarily come it right out and say it, but it was sort of like, who do you think you are? 
you know, right. like, what, what do you know about this? And, and what I realized was that it wasn't really important what I thought about these events. It is if I could show if instead of me telling this person about how all this stuff works, what if this person was hearing it from Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and George Bush and uh, David Rockefeller and the Rothschilds and, you know, Prince Philip and, and, and all of these other people that are on the record talking about all of these crazy things and how they want a world government and how they plan to go about it. And, and, you know, all of these, uh, the, these, these sort of, unusual topics that you don't hear about on your nightly news, you know, take me out of it. What if you heard them, you know, I, if I want to tell you that there's the new world order, you can go get out of here with that Alex Jones stuff. And I go, okay, well, well, what about this? What if I showed you, what if I put together a compilation video of George HW Bush mentioning the new world order 200 times during his four years in office? Would you believe it then? Would you believe it's a real thing? If I've got the queen talking about it and I've got Prince Charles and I've got you know all of the all of the boogeymen out there all talking about this new world order would it then be would it make a little bit more sense would you would you still want to fit me for a tinfoil hat if it's it's like I'm not the one calling I'm the, I didn't come up with the name new world order right. and neither did Alex Jones right. this is what they call it yeah. And they are very open about it and they write books and they talk about it in public speeches and they talk about it in uh, memo, classified memos that wind up becoming declassified and they get leaked out and all this stuff. And so what I thought was when I write this book, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring, I'm not going to use my words so much. I'm going to use their words. I'm going to paint the picture using when if I, if I'm going to write it about wanting one world government, I'm going to show you 17 different examples of all these different people whose names you recognize also talking openly about how they are planning a one world government, because then you go, Oh God, I didn't know this was out there. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's out there. I'm not making this up. I couldn't make this up. I, uh, so, so again, it, it was less about, it was less about me uh, kind of, Obviously, my opinions in the book. I wrote it, so my opinion is 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 through there, and it's got a really dark sense of humor running through it, you know. So I had some fun with it. So it's not just Rockefellers and Rothschilds. There's a lot of George Carlin. There's Bill Hicks. There's Joe Rogan. You know, there's there's the yeah. comedians that see this stuff from a different angle, and and they're able to paint it uh, a little bit differently. And you go, oh, that's really funny. Oh, and I get it. You know, so right. so I I wanted to bring in all these different voices to bolster my argument that this is really happening, and talk about. And then I identify this eight tentacled octopus, and 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 we go through each of the tentacles and sort of describe, you know, what does the military tentacle look like, and what does the covert tentacle look like, and what how does the medical industry run, and yeah. and again, not just me saying how I think the medical industry runs, you know, we'll we'll put the 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 acknowledgement of Pfizer paying the largest criminal fine in the history of the planet Earth. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll put that in there. And so when I say that the pharmaceutical industry are run by convicted felons, I'm not kidding. Here's proof. They've all been found guilty in courts of law for felonies. Yeah. You know, so, so again, it's like bring in this article, bring in this. So it, it, it I'll you're tell you using what. their own sources against using them. their own sources. Yeah. I love that. And, and, 
And this, you know how everyone goes, oh, the book was so much better than the movie. I think if I turn this into a series, which I have a desire to do, I think it will be one of the few times where that where people will say, I think the series is better than the book because the ability to bring the voices to life, you know, because there's there's 700 quotes from 500 different people <laughs> right. in the book, you know, right. and the book is thick, but it, it reads really fast because you get, you know, you go through a paragraph or two and then you're on to a quote and you're like, oh, wow. You know, so it yeah. kind of keeps you it keeps you hooked in there. I think that's one but of the reasons you why see them. But if you see them quote after quote after quote, that's a different animal altogether. It is. And that really seeps. <laughs> It 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 really hammers home home the point for a lot of people, I think. When they 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 just go, God, you know, I I can't I believe thought this stuff was fake. But like to hear, you know, what you go like, I know you guys hate Hillary Clinton, but just because you're all Republicans, and it's like, no, I'm not a Republican. No. I hate Hillary Clinton for a variety of different reasons that the Republicans don't even know about. I hate her for this. I hate her for saying this and for doing this. We came, we saw he died and they stick a knife up Qaddafi's ass. And and I hate her for, for shaming the women that accused her husband of rape. Exactly. You know, I hate her for a variety of reasons. And, and, and once again, when you're a public figure like that and you do a lot of talking in front of microphones, it all winds up somewhere. And if you're good enough at digging, and, and I, I would, I, I've got to say, I don't think there's anybody better at digging than you <laughs> because you send me stuff every yeah, no, single day that I go, oh, I've never even heard of this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you, you, you are, I'm always hoping someone can use it. Like for, you're a researcher's researcher. You're, you're, you've got, the, you've got great stuff. So for those out there that don't know, Chris is, I appreciate it. He's, he's, he's one of the best researchers out there for sure. So anyway. Well, I appreciate that, but um, uh, yeah, no, I do that ad nauseum though too, because I'm always sitting. There. <laughs> I know, I know the feeling. I'm I like, keep I thinking I like, oh, someone could use this for their show or their book or their own research, and then maybe they could piggyback off of that. Never once thinking that you know, uh, oh yeah, give me credit or anything. I just if I find something, I'm like this person, this person. Anyway, but moving yeah. on. Well, we appreciate it. <laughs> you do definitely. There's other people that I've pissed off let's just say yeah maybe so. maybe they don't maybe not everybody shares my level of appreciation but i was just <laughs> right. talking to uh to johnny vedmore uh today from unlimited yeah. hangout and we were talking about how like you get on like a topic at, when you're writing and you yeah. just start you just get obsessed with it and it starts taking you down a rabbit hole and then it goes down to something else and it goes down to something else and you, you know you're making all these connections and there's there's a like he described it as like almost like a drug high, like a euphoria when you when you discover for yourself something that nobody else has found when when you go, God, this I think and that and that comes from just having like enough don't doing it long enough and having enough knowledge to know a bunch of these names and company yeah. names and per, people and names of people and names of organizations. And you go, wait a second, wait a second. This rings a bell. What do I know that? For? And you go, oh, yeah, it's connected to that guy. And you go, wait, I would have never made that connection. That's a really uh, amazing feeling. And but it gets it's very right. distracting when you're writing a book because you wind up then because like Johnny said to me, he goes, he goes, I'm writing, I'm writing this book. And he goes, Well, actually, I'm writing three books. And I go, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, like only a writer would would say that. And <laughs> and and another writer would go, I know exactly what you're talking. When you say I'm writing one book, actually I'm yeah. writing three, because 
you started coming down, you could start going this though connected to the first thing I was searching for. This is its own thing. I've got to move it off to the side. Oh my God. And then you get distracted more. And it's like, oh, this chapter <laughs> is a whole encyclopedia. I could, you know, oh, I know what yeah. you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one right now that it was, I'll say it right now. It was kind of like a, a like a high when I yeah. found out about the Carlisle group purchasing the JFK library in Boston very shortly before the Boston bombing. And then on the day of the Boston bombing, there were reports that there was a third bomb at the library, not at the, uh, the marathon. Mm-hmm. And just so happens that all the destruction was in the archives room of the JFK library. And who, who is a part of the Carlisle group, George HW Bush and the Bin Laden brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when I found that out, I'm like, oh my God, I got to tell Don Jeffries. I got to, oh, he's going to put it in hidden history three, four, five, you know. So yes, it can be intoxicating when you yes. feel like you're onto something. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it, but you can't turn it off either. That's the problem. So you're sort of like haunted. I try to get it. sleep when I can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, going back to actually something that really got, got me going and a lot of people, and that was the events of, Tuesday, September 11, 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgive me if I haven't, if you've said this, told this story over and over again. But where were you? Like, what was your experience on that that fateful day? I was not in Manhattan. I was in Manhattan Beach, California, oh. um, living with three roommates. We... Uh, I remember that we had a, there was a fifth guy over staying the night because they, uh, my roommate and this other guy were going to go early in the morning to catch a flight to Portland from LA. And at six in the morning, the, the other guy, the he's a friend of mine too, is banging on my door going, you need to get up, get up, get up. And he just, he just, just, he didn't even like, he just let himself in. And he was, I remember he was shaking me awake and I was like, like, He's like, you've got to get up. You've got to come out and see what's going on on TV. I was like, okay. So we went upstairs. We watched it like everybody on the couch. We, I didn't, you know, I'd love to be able to say, oh, I knew right then and there it was all fake. I didn't, I didn't, I I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't didn't have the back stories. I, I was a normie back then. I just didn't know. I didn't know. And, um, I just knew so about UFOs and JFK. That was about it. Even Columbine, I, I hadn't researched. I mean, I, I knew I knew JFK was nonsense. Of course, I think everyone right. really did. But yeah. but but I wasn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't even really get a, very suspicious about nine eleven until two years after it. I, I didn't really look into it. I was doing other things, so it wasn't really a, a, a an interest of mine until right. we started making the case to go into Iraq. Yep. And they were saying like, well, you know, Saddam Hussein and, 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 and 9-11. And I was like, what? Like, what, what are we talking about here? You know? So as soon as they started trying to tie those two things together, I, yeah, I just said, this is, this, this sounds like, I said, well, first of all, my, my initial thought was, well, this Iraq invasion is total bullshit. This is just makeup for, he's going to go, go get. Saddam Hussein because you know, 
for his daddy. You know, he's going to go, he's going to go right the wrongs of his dad, you know? But again, I didn't know who George H.W. Bush really was at this time. I just thought he was a, a kind of, yeah, a wimp. Right. Called him a wimp. And he said he didn't want to eat his broccoli and I don't have to eat my broccoli if I don't want to eat my broccoli. And, you know, and I, and I just always thought of him as like a, a corny guy, you know, I had no idea what a dangerous sociopath George H.W. Bush was. I, I would put him in the top 10 worst people of the 20th century. Honest to God, I, I, I have him that high. Yeah. And, and, and I had no idea who he was. And so when they tried to tie it to Iraq, I, I got suspicious and I thought, well, this whole Iraq thing is nonsense. And then it was like, well, if they're willing to just so brazenly tie it to a real event like 9-11, Maybe yeah. 9-11 isn't so much of a real event as, as it seems. And so I think in 2003, I had my first questions about it all. And I think by 2005, I was like, yeah. the, nothing adds up. You know, the whole story doesn't add up. And, and, and then it's a, it's a, as you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it builds on itself. You know, the more, you know, about this, the, then you, then it leads you down. You go, well, I need to know more. And and look, I'm here now 15 plus years into this. And I can't with a hundred percent accuracy, tell you exactly how nine 11 played out. You know, I mean, I've got some ideas, I mean, pretty good ones, but, but yeah. every last detail of it, I'm open to it. You know, I'm open to listening to other, you know, I know that some of it is just disinformation. I know some of it's real. I know some of it is, is, but I'll watch the remote viewers, remote view 911. I'll That's watch right. it. You had a special on that. Did I just show on it. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'm open to that. Do I, do I, do I think that they know exactly what's going on? I don't know, but, but, but I'm willing to hear all sides of it and then yeah. use what I know to, um, you know, to kind of filter it out. But, but in the end, even if, you know, and there's like camps that want to argue with each other, like the no plane people versus the plane people and everything. It's like, I get it. You know, we all want to, we all want to just say, this is, you know, so-and-so did it in the study with the pipe, you know, boom, boom, boom. It's like clue. You're like, we, we just, we, we've got it down, but I don't care about the, that, about all of us agreeing on anything necessarily, as long as we agree on the, the overriding theme, which is, the story False flag attack yep. to draw America into a unwinnable war in the middle to, re, you know, to remake the Middle East, to benefit our allies and to put a lot of money in the pockets of some very powerful people. And, you know, a variety of, of yeah. agendas came out of it. So as long as we understand that it's not 19 Arab hijackers with box cutters, we're good. You know, I don't need full buy-in from everybody to believe my version of events and I don't need to believe their version of events fully, just as long as we can agree that this was done with foreknowledge intentionally and by our by us and our own allies that were deeply involved in this. And it was it was shameful to watch Americans behave like savages after that and go pull Sikhs out of seven 11s and beat them up because they don't know the Kill difference them. between Muslims and, and, and Hindus yeah. and, you know, things like that. It, it really exposed our, our ignorance as, as Americans. And, you know, we claim to be this melting pot and then we're just like, they're all Brown. So, so we're going to get them all. It's like, okay, that's a dumb idea. But so yeah. I, we went through a, a lot, but I'll tell you what I learned maybe even the, the most from nine 11. I learned about the power of the media. 
I mean, I learned that the media can just take something and make you see, make you not believe your own eyes. You know, they can get you, if, if they're good enough, they can get you to believe absurdities. And if you can believe absurdities, you will be one step closer to committing atrocities. And right. that is where we are as a civilization. We're, we're being taught to not believe what we see. You know, we're being taught, well, no, 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 you don't see that. What, here's the truth over here in the media. You've got Yacinda Ardern saying the only source of truth will be what you hear from us. Don't listen to anything else unless you hear it from us. And you go, God, is this, I mean, is that George Orwell up there talking? So I, I came out of 9-11 with a, with a deep distrust of the American government, obviously, but, but equally as distrustful for the mainstream media. Yeah. Yeah, my thing, me personally, I remember um, these reports on the day and even the day after of explosions going on. Reporters like Pat Dawson of NBC was talking about it, Rick Sanchez of MSNBC, yeah. and Jack Kelly of USA Today. He was talking about how the FBI found these vans that were packed with explosives in the Twin Towers. And that they possibly helped bring the, the buildings down and they found devices. And so all that went away in that first day or two. And you know this as well as I do. When it comes to these events, the yeah. best source of information is the first 24 hours. You're going to you. get things that come out. If you just hit record yeah. on every news broadcast and and hold on to that information and compare it to the the, the narrative a year or two down the line, line you'll, right. what you'll notice is that certain parts of what you heard will just, you'll never hear them again. And it's yep. the same with just about every sort of false flag operation. There'll be some truth that kind of comes out until yeah. they get the cover up squad on team, you know, on scene to, to, to stop that. And then it ends. So JFK Jr. Right off the bat, there were reports out of Boston. I even met the woman, uh, Susan Warnick of uh, Channel 5, WB, CVB. I went to school with uh, high school with her, uh, her niece. She was at my graduation, actually. She talked to a guy named Todd Bergen, who was a Coast Guard spokesperson out of Boston, that confirmed that JFK Jr. called, radioed the tower at Martha's Vineyard, and was awaiting landing instructions. The only reason we have that footage to this day is because of Bill Cooper and his people that he had on the ground in New Hampshire that went and got the footage before they cut six hours out of it that made any reference to Todd Bergen and the radio call and the explosion in the sky, which there were three witnesses that claimed they saw an explosion at the time that John John's plane was going down. So, yeah. So when you say in the first 24 hours... I, I agree with you. But what I always love to see is that mainstream media likes to say that the the worst information is in the first 24 hours. They always turn it around. They say that's yeah. the most unreliable because, well, I'll grant you, there could be mistakes in the reporting. Sure. But for the most part, you're getting closer to the truth in those for the first reports than later on when it, everything gets cemented, you know, like the official narrative. Yeah. And I, I used to think that... And it's a logical thought process, but I used to think that when you, you that the mainstream media was telling the truth, when the yeah. ABC, CBS, NBC, they'd all 
you know, the main theme of it would all be exactly the same. And there might be minor variations, but I would say, well, if they're not contradicting each other and it's, and theoretically it's a contest to see who gets the best information, because right. if you get the best information, more viewers will watch your channel and you'll win, you know, whatever that ratings. means, but you, you'll get the best ratings and you'll be known as having the best reporters and the best sources. And you're there first and you're asking the right yeah. questions and talking to the right people. I, I always thought it was a contest between the three of them to see what, what, who would get the best stuff. And there'd be yeah. little fringe stuff. And then I'd say, well, apparently they all agree on the main topic of it so it must be true you know and that's the that's the assumption you make before you understand who oh the there might really be a script is. to this that they all get at the same time right. yeah. in my mind it's they're all saying the same thing because it's unequivocally true and what right. in reality it's they're all saying the same thing because that's just what the script says for, give them, for, yeah for the <laughs> yeah yeah Case so, in point, building seven with the bbc right know? in every every now and then yeah they, they yeah announcing the collapse of a building 25 minutes before the building actually goes down is one thing, but to have the actual building over the shoulder of yeah. Jane Stanley is remarkable. I mean, what from time to time we get lucky and we see their incompetence and their criminality <laughs> on full display. And that was an example of it. And I'll do you one even better than that, that no one really talks about CNN announced that that building went down at almost 11 a.m. that morning. Did they? Yeah. And that's, I forget the exact name of the anchor. I can get that to you afterwards. But yeah, that's on record as I think that that building was supposed to come down around that time because the CNN announced that that building, a 47-story building went down and it was around 1045, almost 11-ish, you know? Yeah. So even more than the BBC, that was glaring as it, as it is. So, you know. so that's why I, I oh for please the, the cover of controlled demolition. You know, I mean, you talk about building seven with the. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. So it's 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 essentially. I wanted um, when I when I was working on the cover for this book, I went through several choices. Who's who designed the cover uh, by the way just i i designed it Ooh. with a with a graphic designer i told him how i wanted it what i wanted initially was a film strip you know how you get the the old with four pictures and like the film i don't know what yeah. you call it but like the film you know so it looks like a film oh, the, strip of the building cool. yeah. showing like the motion of it going down but it was too busy for the cover and it wasn't working and finally the gra the graphic designer actually said why don't we just use one picture i go i can't use one picture because i want it to show motion and he said, what if you just pick the third picture, the third out of the four pictures in the frame? Yeah. And I looked at it and I went, yeah, that's that's what it that's what it's going to be. It's going it, to, you know, because it, it needs to sort of show. You need to be able to look at it in one second and re recognize, first of all, it's a building going down. You for those of us that know, it's not just a building, it's the building, it's building seven. And and having it wrapped in an American flag, I think, was more sort of sent the symbolically shows yeah. like this is the end of America. And I think that, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, that was a a a, a turning, a, a, a turning inside the fourth turning, as Tony Ordeburn and I talked about on the radio yes. show, you know, where we, we you get these 20 year cycles. And you, yeah. there's four 20-year cycles in a bigger 80-year cycle. And and, yeah. and that final turning is called the fourth turning, that 80th year. Yeah. And uh, 
and you go from the uh, American Revolution to World War One is an eighty-year cycle. You go from World War One to nine eleven or to uh, World War. No, I'm sorry. American Revolution to the Civil War. The Civil War to World War Two is an eighty-year cycle, and then World War Two to where we are now. And in these these twenty-year blocks, four yeah. blocks of twenty years, and you know, nine eleven was the end of the third turning and now COVID is the fourth turning. And so yeah. you get into this, uh, this new era, so to speak. And it's, it's, it's relatively predictable w when you go back and look through history. And when Berwick and I wrote this book, I, I, I said, like, we've just gonna, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to make the, the, he said to me in a, in, in a conversation before we even, when we were the first conversation we had about the book, he said, yeah. it's all coming down. And I go, what do you mean? You know, like, I think I know what he means, but he goes, <laughs> he, he goes, you know, like the financial system's just the house of cards. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. He goes, it's just, it's just all coming down. It's all coming down. And I go like a controlled demolition. demolition. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And I said, I've got an idea. So then I wrote it all out and I said, I wrote out this whole like, the, you know, sort of like outline of it, like yeah. we'll do this and this and this, and we'll just show this pattern. And, he, and I, you know, and he'd sent me some ideas and he said, what do you think of this? And then I sent him, uh, I said, I've got an idea based on our conversation that we had when you, you mentioned it's all coming down in my mind, like yeah. building seven, how do you take building seven down? You re rig the, you pre-weaken the building, you, you identify the support columns, you rig yeah. the detonators, you push down the plunger, you clear the debris, boom, boom, like an eight step process for taking this down. I sent it all over to him. I remember his email back to me was, I like your idea better. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> when you mentioned the film strip, I thought you were going the Zapruder film route because Building 7 has been referred to, I think even by Charlie Sheen, maybe at coined this at one point, that Building 7 was like the Zapruder film festival. And it really was. <laughs> I didn't even think of that in the context of the film strip. But now that you mention it, yeah, for sure. I, I was just thinking of it in terms of showing motion. Kind right. of tough, tough to show motion on a, on a, on a static book cover. Um, but that the building was coming down, basically. but that the building was coming down. Yeah. So yeah. in fact, what's funny is that the guy who added, he added a little, the artist added a little bit of extra smoke to the bottom yeah. of the building. But he said, when I did it, I did it with octopus tentacles in the smoke as a nod to you. <laughs> so thank you. Oh, and by the way, do you have this book? I don't. I, I have the get it, PDF get it, it. And, I'll, and get it and then email me. And there's a, a we've got an Easter egg buried in this thing. Really? That, yeah. That 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 that's very few people know of. But if you phys get the physical copy of the book and then send me an email, I'll let you know what it is. OK. Yeah. And wow. you'll and you'll you'll <laughs> you'll appreciate it. Of I won't people, put it down until I find it. it. <laughs> until I find it. I won't put it down. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'll be. No, you know, it's that you won't be able to find it. I assure you, it requires it requires a cipher to find it to figure oh, it out. Oh, okay, okay, I yeah. got you. You went Da Vinci Code on us, right? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told Jeff. I said, I said, uh, I got an idea for this cover that'll blow people's minds. And then he and, and I said, but I need some money. I need some money for it. And he says, okay. I said, I need I need to pay a guy. And he says, I, he goes, okay. I said, just just give me some money. I'll pay this guy. He said, all right. I said, don't ask any questions. He goes, okay. <laughs> Well, only jeff berwick you can do that with and he goes oh i get it yeah I was, yeah no problem here's here's money go do what oh, you, right, need. I got you. <laughs> all right. a little on the nose okay all right i got you well uh, 
Well, going back to when I, I started to wake up with this particular event um, or series of events, because I even include the DC sniper attacks and the anthrax attacks, which actually the anthrax attacks, I believe, leads all the way up to where we are right now with COVID. Oh, now, 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. You've got the same people involved. Yeah. And they reversed things for Fauci, too, in terms of uh, being able to do gain of function, I believe. I think I just stumbled upon that a couple of weeks ago, where they, like, reversed something. Because what it, I don't want to quote it wrong, but I think it was 1967 or 69, there was, like, an act where you couldn't develop uh, bioweapons anymore for, at a certain point. And I think with the anthrax attacks, it kind of reversed that for people like Fauci, and it gave him a green light to to start up the process again of gain of function and things like that. I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to say that that's 100%, but it's along those lines, I believe. Well, we've got Tara O'Toole, who's a key figure in the anthrax attacks the yeah. and showing up at running event 201. Yeah. She was dark winter as well. And right? dark winter. Yeah. 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 Because I found those tapes. Like people go, oh, yeah, they'll never fake footage. Like when things like Sandy Hook, I'm not saying it was fake, but it's things like the Boston bombing too. They will, they will record and film things for exercises and drills. And people just can't, don't get that through their heads. There's like footage as if dark winter if was it's a today. real thing. You, yes. you, you, they'll play the footage like it's from the event, yeah. but the footage is actually actually pre-recorded from a, a, a training drill well in advance. The, the, right. Again, Anarchapulco 2019 um, at the hotel, at the hotel bar till 2.45 in the morning with Ole Damagard talking about what to look for in false flags. Yeah. I'm like, I've got the guy. I've got the guy who's who's, you know, who, who, with the shoes, the piles of shoes. We're talking. We're talking shoes. Things. We're talking bicycles. We're we're talking uh, advanced knowledge of of giving two or three a, suspects. Then it goes down to one or two in terms of. We're column talking up. about uh, a lady wearing sweatpants in an event, and then two that, that says Las Vegas down the side of it, and then two weeks later the Las Vegas shooting. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're talking about advanced knowledge, and this is stuff that he was getting from people that were inside the organization that's doing it, that he, he described as a NATO roadshow, like a rock concert that's on tour going from NATO base to NATO base, plugging these things and doing this. And then he gets contacted by a guy who's, who's part of that group saying, you're really good, but you're missing you're something. something. <laughs> you're missing, yeah. th you're missing things. You're missing things. Like we embed things in there. You, you're missing the bicycles. You're missing the, the shoes. You're missing Calling the cars. Yeah, the calling like, cards, right. Like Don Jeffries would say, calling cards, like the pristine bullet on the stretcher, the passport, 9-11, not burned. Yeah. They do this on purpose. Yes, yes. I always yes. thought it's, that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, and, and that is, you know, that's a whole, Ole did like an hour at Anarchapulco. And I went, I was like, you needed three. He's like, I need three hours just to get going. You know what I mean? I mean, his whole presentation is could, could have been, you know, he could have done a, a David. I David Ike did four hours. David Ike just sweating through his shirt, you know, at the end of the fourth hour. And I was like, you need like a David Ike time slot. He's like, I know, you know, to, to get into that. But it, it's a fascinating you know, it's if you're a geek like us and you like to you like to get into these, you know, examine the pictures and you feel like, a, kind of, like, yeah. a, a, like an investigative, you know, you're doing the job of the journalist that should be doing. They should not. be, right. 
Yeah. So it's um, like my hunt for the, the TWA 800 missile videos. People saw them. The thousands of people saw them on cable that night. I'm I remember that, that night. I remember oh. that night specifically. I remember being, I remember I was bartending that night in Redondo beach, California. And, and it was, and I went in and it was on the TV and we had, it was like a Thursday night or something. There's nobody here, you know, nobody, you know, the place was, was not yeah. busy. So I had all night that I had to be there and I was right underneath that TV, just watching the whole thing the whole time. Did you see and one of them? I didn't see them? one of them, but I remember thinking that, that, that somebody had, uh, that they had interviewed somebody who said that they saw something hit it. And I was oh, like, oh yeah. Cause, cause I immediately, it was immediately a possibility for me that it was hit with a missile. And yeah. I don't know why that was. And it had to have been because I was, because one of the eyewitnesses said we saw something go up and, and hit it. But what, but, but again, it's, it's like, it's day. live yeah. TV. It's on like, TV. that's what, 98? 1996, July 7th, 16th, 17th. Yeah. There were videos, Charlie. Bill Cooper even talked about seeing one of them play twice on CNN. He tried to get that footage, like the JFK Jr. footage in, in New yeah. Hampshire. They already got to it. They cut out the first hour. But he talked about seeing it. He didn't mention it on the night's broadcast on his show, Hour of the Time, because mm -hmm. he didn't want to speculate. But you could tell in his voice, like, a few months later, he wished he had gone back and said something on the night. Because he saw it. Because there were, I'm telling you, Charlie, I've been searching for this. And there was evidence it was on MSNBC guy named Jack Cashel wrote a whole book and talks all about that. There was a bidding war between Fox and MSNBC because they were brand new. They apparently won the $50,000 bidding war for a missile video. Not to bore you with all that, but I'm saying I've been searching it all. No, no, for anyone out there. All right. He's got <laughs> the missile thing for people got footage of it. There was a file footage uh, company on the beach that caught it as well. And really, it, 75 year old fisherman in a boat videotaped it he caught the whole series of events not because some would only catch like the explosion on their camera mm -hmm. others would only catch like the missiles coming up from the surface and not actually then they see a big uh, flash of light or whatever but this 75 year old fisherman on a boat out in the ocean actually caught the whole sequence of events and I've been working on an article uh, that I need to finish. That's all about the hunt for these videos. Mm -hmm. But the reason I bring this up to you, Charlie, because you talked to to Ol, Oli. Did he mention anything about NATO being at Columbine? No, no. But I didn't. I but I didn't talk to him about Columbine because there but was footage he... of a NATO truck that really? a lot of people saw, like those missile videos. From a lot helicopter. of people saw a NATO truck. So, so when you look back on Operation Gladio, yes, and this is what Ole and I were talking about. We, so Gladio. So for those that don't know, when when the World War II ended, um, and Germany was destroyed, Russia had 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 come all the way up to Berlin and essentially stopped. Yeah. Then the the Allies controlled, you know, the western part of from West Berlin on. Yeah. There was this fear that once America left and went back home, that Russia was going to continue in advance, maybe not 
immediately, but you know, within the next couple of years, they were going to do that. So they wanted to leave behind some forces to just in case, not, not necessarily to like single-handedly defeat the Russians, but just enough forces to really screw with them if they started this and buy the allies some time to get back over and fight the fight. So they had these leave behind groups that NATO created uh, and it was a mission called Operation Gladio. And they left these 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 basically um, embedded terrorists, domestic terrorists, who who were yeah. whose job was if the Russians start advancing, start guerrilla warfare tactics and start you know b- blowing targeting up- women and children at supermarkets, things like that. Terrorists. Well, so so initially it was just to deter the Russians. But the Russians never came. So they sat around doing nothing for like 20 years. And finally, what they said was, well, these groups can be very helpful for us if we need them to make a, I don't know, we've got an election coming up in Italy and they're about to, um, they're about to elect a socialist and you can't have a social, this is really have NATO Got, got going, um, you know, in the, in the 47, they said that they're going to elect a socialist. So, so NATO actually like created some havoc and rigged the election so that it would, it wouldn't be a socialist. It'd be somebody that wasn't a socialist winning the presidential election in Italy because you couldn't have a socialist country join NATO. It was right. against the charter. So they needed to. So the first act that NATO did was to rig the Italian elections, which is kind of perfectly on brand. Right. So now Italy's a part of NATO and they leave behind this group and nothing happens for 20 years. But yeah. they realize that they've got a powerful force. And it's these domestic terrorists that have all these really unique skills at how to destabilize things. So the next time Italy's government decides that it might want to kind of entertain the idea of going socialist because the socialist guy is saying that, um, you know, we're going to disarm the population because there's nothing to worry about here. It's relatively peaceful. Well, this group can go set off some bombs and then make it not peaceful anymore. So now nobody will vote for the socialist. So they can m- kind of shape policy and, and perception. So that the public will go to the government and ask for protection and safety. Exactly. They call and it some the of the tactics of tension, right? Strategy. Well, of tension. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the tactics they used shoot up supermarkets. Yep. Buffalo shooting, you know, shoot up schoolyards, you know, go in and blow up rail stations in Bologna. I mean, so it's like opera houses, movie theaters, you know, what have we, we've got railroad, we've got rail stations, railroads blowing up. We've got school (laughs) shootings. We've got grocery store shootings in, uh, Boulder and in, I was going to um, say, yep, Boulder. In, in, in um, uh, upstate New York. So like. Buffalo, yep. We, we, we've got. Strategy we've of got, tension. We've got a strategy of tension, which is exactly what this was coming out of. So so again, yeah. are school shootings real? Maybe. I mean, I'm sure some kid has brought a gun to school and has done something bad with it. But are they, sure. are they made to happen? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there's some school shootings that you, you can't talk about or else they'll sue you for a billion and a half dollars. A trillion even. <laughs> a trillion. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Jones is on a repayment program. He's going to pay them a dollar a year for the next trillion years. I thought he was, I thought he borrowed the 2.3 trillion from Rumsfeld for this, the last lawsuit. 
But now Rumsfeld took the bucket. So. I, I stand corrected. You're right. Yeah, he borrowed it from Rumsfeld. Yeah. Uh, so dumb. The whole thing's so dumb. So so. Yeah. You know, we we wind up in this situation where where um, I have where to NATO, ask. If NATO, NATO has experience doing this, yeah. you know, so when Ole Damagard says, I think it's a NATO traveling roadshow setting off all these false flags, yeah. it's, it's easy for just the, the, somebody that knows nothing about this to go, Oh, that's crazy. Get out of here with that. And right. you go, well, do you know the history of NATO? Like that's their specialty. I mean, it's one of the things they specialize in is domestic yeah. terrorism. And, 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 and so is it that unlikely to think, Oh, oh it's just going to stay there. It's not going to come to America where we can easily manipulate people. Of course it is. And so, so I think he's right when he says that. And, and in fact, I know he's right because the people that are involved in doing that have even reached out to them and said, like, you're on the right track, like respect where respect is due <laughs> to, well, yeah. to figuring this out. But he's like, you know, you don't have it all figured out. <laughs> even look at Bill Cooper. I mean, 10 years before Columbine, he was writing about it and behold, a pale horse, the whole in flame. In, yeah, I, I did a, I, I did a, I a whole you Bill did. Cooper episode and, and he I talked know. about shootings and in, in schoolyards to inflame the anti-gun right? lobby. Didn't he mention pandemics? Didn't he like pretty much have that in behold a pale horse? Not to put you on the spot, I but I think I remember him mentioning something like that too. I mean, he he nine eleven definitely. Early, Alex took the credit for that one. Not when that you're early, you sound crazy. Yeah, you, right. you just you just sound crazy when you when you're when you're too early. You sound crazy. That's why, like, when people are like, "Oh, Tucker Carlson's finally talking about some real stuff." I'm like, I would prefer he would talk about it when it when he would be in the crazy, right category. Right. Like when we were talking about the stuff that he's talking, he feels safe to talk about it now. It's a little edgy, and he's he's known as like, "Oh boy, he's really like on the edge here." It's like yeah. we were talking about that a year ago. You want to impress me? Talk about it when we're talking about it. Yeah, you know, but that'll get him thrown off off the. So, so whether it's us a year early or Bill Cooper ten years early, yeah. <laughs> which he often was, you know, what? the earlier you are, even Alex Jones, fifteen years old, they're turning the frogs gay, they're turning the frogs. Get out of here with that nonsense! And you <laughs> right. go, well, there was something to it. But the way they presented it was over transsexual frogs right. and it was kind of not good so like <laughs> we have to recognize and in in and and and, yeah. and and understand that like these guys bill cooper could see through all the nonsense and further than just about anybody you know and and you that have to stand in appreciation the of that yeah that what he was he didn't have a crystal ball either people don't no. realize like he was studying what was going on at the time in the news and the trends. You see these yeah. things over and over again, like shootings, like we were talking about. It's like when that's not working right now, then we'll have an insurrection. It's like they have these things on a shelf. You know, yeah. oh, now we'll have an, o an OKC again. Oh, yeah. You know, They're getting too close to this topic. Let's distract yeah. them with this topic. Yeah. But now we're, you know. we're being bombarded daily now. Yeah. They, they, so they're changing topics. We've got the Smith Munt Modernization Act of 2012, which legalized propaganda inside America. So now it's legal, not that they weren't using it before, of course, but they took the extraordinary step of legalizing it because they intended to use it, which yeah. they are using it. And so we're in a, we're in a, a, a place where it's a wonder we get anything right. 
Right. With as much disinformation that's out there, you know, we're also going up against the the world leading disinformation industry. And, you know, there's, there's, I mean, the mainstream media is bad at it, but like the intelligence agencies, they're really good. They're really good about how, you know, understanding the, the right amount of truth and just the right amount of bullshit to, to screw something all up. So, yeah. I mean, the fact that we get any of this stuff, right. Is, is frankly a miracle because we're just swimming upstream all the way. And then on top of that, we're being shadow banned. So the information only gets out a little bit. And when just a little bit of it gets out, you know, when just a yeah. few people hear about it, it sounds fringe and kooky. You know, it yeah. sounds like oh, those people are out of their minds over there, but well, you're we're right. not like, We've got footnotes. You've got research. I mean, it's like it's only hidden to the extent that people don't go out and seek it. But you when you want it, when you want to find it and you know what you're looking for and you know where to go to look for it and you know what's nonsense, you know, then you can be very effective. And you've dug up. I mean, you've dug up the goods on a bunch of stories that people thought were dead and buried. Yeah. You find like some other tidbit, and it's like, God damn! Now I got to examine the whole thing again. <laughs> yeah, go back and look at TWA eight hundred, or you know what I mean. It gets exhausting, and the NATO truck footage because I saw the stills. NATO truck footage. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, saw that, like, stills from that footage in the mid two thousands, and now I don't know if that website exists anymore. That it was on because they've been wiping Columbine way before Sandy Hook for years. There were yeah. other shooters that jumped out off uh the roof even or it like jumped over fences and into you know other the neighborhood and everything there was footage of the other suspects getting away on purpose but it gets wiped away with the sands of time yeah yeah but and anyway. and and what you get better at doing i think the the longer you sort of have an interest in the, these topics is you get better at pattern recognition where you yeah. go this is the th theme that they use. This is the, you know, manifesto. Got to have manifesto agenda. There's always some agenda. Uh, there's a component of the gun that they're using that's unusual that wants to get banned. And then uh, um, immediately afterwards, legislation appears to take care of the very thing <laughs> that just happened to happen. You know, and so you, you, you get shooters die. And meanwhile, the, meanwhile, the the killing weapon was in the trunk the whole time. Standing hook, you know, right, and right. Like, what? So, and then and then glaring mistakes that are just really kind of obvious. And so, like, I did this to my mom when when the San Bernardino shooting happened. She was over at my house, and um, we didn't. She just coincidentally was over. It was like noon, and. And that was three suspects with camo on, right? At we, first. We, we, we turned the TV on and, and it was like San Bernardino shooting. And I muted it and I turned to her and I said, you and I both don't know anything about this, but I'm going to tell you five things about this story that we don't know anything about. And if I get all five of these right, will you believe me that this is a fake shooting or that this was staged and made to happen? Right. And she's like, go for it. And, and I went through, I said, there will be reports early on of men in military fatigues, yep. but that, that, that will get uh, buried. There will be a manifesto. Um, the shooters will be uh, a, a minority group, you know, and uh, they'll kill them. And then the media will contaminate the crime scene. Yeah. And, uh, 
and we, and we just watched over things. the next week as that happened. And it was like, she, she goes, how she, she goes, okay. I, she pattern. Goes, you know, it felt like a magic trick. And I just said, yeah. it's not, it's not like you said about Bill Cooper, not having a crystal ball. It's not a crystal ball. No. It's pattern recognition. It's yeah. getting good at recognizing the things that these, that they always have in common. And, um, and it fit this very cookie cutter sort of blueprint for how to do these things. They're all, yeah. there's all little variations on it, of course, but just, oh, yeah. it's just different flavoring, but like the structure is still the same where they're, you know, they, they've got to release, there's a mission to this. There's a point to it. You know, right. the manifesto has to say that they're mad about a particular thing and paint that demographic as being unhinged and crazy. And right. then here comes legislation to regulate them right on top of it as right. if it was pre-written before. Because it, it was, was. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. you start to see these things, and you go, "How many of these do I need to see before I start to recognize yeah. that it's it they're they're lining up? Not perfect, not exactly the same every single time, but just very, very similar." And um, in, sometimes and, it goes against it too, like well, Vegas. It, but one one component that is always that is always part of it is a compliant media. And that's oh, where I got to, 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 to feel my real distrust for the mainstream media is that you, you, I've described it as there, you know, whether it be JFK, nine 11 or COVID, the media is always driving the getaway car. Just yeah. always. You're right. They're always involved in that. You know, they're always involved in the cover up of it, suppressing some stories, elevating other stories, shutting out this whole line of questioning, framing another anyone asking questions as kooks and dangerous to society, you know, yeah. and you, and you start to see this and I just, you just grow this contempt for the media because they're oh, yeah. so disgusting in what they do and they do it intentionally, right? Cause it's part of this whole apparatus of control. And that's why they got, you know, their own tentacle in the book because the media's yeah. version of this is, is integral. It does. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the lies, of war without them they, they, they don't would work not without successful. the media exactly you've got to have control of them if you've got control of the messaging then you then you're in charge but you you, you start to see anything that threatens that control yeah. of the message to become viewed as a real threat so like us Social media, our reach on social media has to be declined. You know, video platforms have well, to kick us off. I mean, mine's Act, been kicked off. Right. The Restrict Act, which really kind of Restrict Act. Me. Yeah. All these things. If you, you've, they're out in the open now. They don't care yeah. if you see their blatant criminality. They don't care. If they get the Restrict Act in and they can yeah. silence everybody and put you in prison for the things you say online, they win. So they're just sprinting to the finish line between that and central bank digital currencies. Yeah. The mask is off. They want that control of us because they intend to lock the prison cell doors behind them on the way out. That's why they want it. And, and, and we cannot be vocal enough about this. Now, do you think Charlie, honestly, do you think that that could very well be the next school shooting type thing or insurrection type thing is that literally what bill cooper would talk about the fema camp rounding all of us up that just questioned the narrative here's here's how i envision it going down a digital false flag 
okay, where some something bad happens. Let's just call it a school shooting. Okay. But in the future, and this is a fictional scenario I'm making right. up just to prove a point. But in this fictional scenario, I can envision there's a um, there there's a there's a school shooting, and a bunch of kids die. And it was one guy who had a AR-15, of course, and he was probably a Christian nationalist or something like that. Right, right. You know, uh, you get, they'll get a couple of those things buried in there. Yeah, and it will turn out after a full examination of his social media accounts that he had been bragging about do, planning on doing this and talking about doing this online for months, weeks and months leading up to this event. But he yeah. had been using a VPN and a fake name and an alias. And we didn't know that it was him because we couldn't figure out where he was and who he was. And if only we had been able to figure out, if only we'd had an internet ID card that had your biometrics and your name and your IP address and where you live and all this stuff, if only we'd had that, then this shooting wouldn't have happened. And therefore, in in order to prevent the next next fictional account uh, shooting, we're going to in, have to introduce an internet ID card. That is how I see it playing out. That's how I see the next false flag playing out, a digital false flag. And I will say this as of April 6th, 2023, you know, and just put a timestamp on it. At some point, that's what I think you'll see. A, 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 a sort of false flag that ties back to their social media profile. And well, then it's got to be conspiracy theorists, right? Eight chan. They've been radicalized on Telegram. They've been talking about it on Reddit. They've been talking about it on Twitter. They've been. And this guy was everywhere and yet nowhere. We couldn't figure it out. And if we'd only known who he was, we could have prevented this before. Look at these children. Look at these bicycles, Chris. Look at these and your shoes. shoes. Look at this pile of shoes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. How many of these shootings do we have to go through before we realize the importance of an internet ID card? People, people, what are we doing? How many of our, how many, do you want to kill kids, Chris? Then vote for the internet ID card. You know, so no, I do not initially. <laughs> I'm being kind of like insanely over the top, but, but I, but am I? That's how these people act sometimes, even the coroners. I won't mention a certain event. But the, there's victims' families that are doing stuff that is unnatural, you know. Right. And that was an element that I keep stressing that was added to the false flag in the beginning of the last decade. In my opinion, it was this Twilight Zone element to it. Like they brought in a science fiction produ director or something. There's like, <laughs> let's add a... Let's add one lunatic to the mix. Yeah, the one guy that can't keep a straight face when he's supposed to be delivering bad news. Let's let's see if they notice. Let's see how dumb these people are. Let's see if they. Let's see how many how many uh, grief-stricken parents. Charlie, I'll tell you this: even a Monsignor that Don Jeffries, my our good our good friend Don Jeffries, told me about. I had to go, and it took me a long time, but I went and I found the footage he was talking about. There was a Monsignor. At an event in December of 2012, I'll just say it that way, mm -hmm. where he he appears to be laughing while he's talking about dead kids and the parents going to to the place. Again, it's that it's, is not 
an accident, in my opinion. I don't know. Sometimes there people will say, well, well, that doesn't prove anything. And you it know what? They're, ab they're absolutely right. It doesn't but prove anything. But it is super unnatural. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and if you get one of those, then whatever. If you are able to do a compilation video of all of these, it, and then you know that there's a concept called duping delight, which is a right. real thing where you take pleasure out of knowing that you are pulling a fast one and a big lie on the person that you're talking with. And it shows in your face a smile while you're telling them something bad or you're lying to them. It, yeah. it, it's a, an unconscious response to it. And you see I'm getting away with something. <laughs> you yeah. see it over and over again in these things, you know, and again, like, does it prove anything? No, no, but it, yeah, it certainly research. absolutely doesn't prove anything. It attracts but, research, but it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not information that should be discarded. It should most definitely be put in a folder of unusual. And then if you get enough of those unusual things all piling up, then yeah. you go, well, this is, maybe it's not unusual. Maybe it is the way maybe these things trend. play out. Maybe it's just that the, 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 these are, uh, this is another pattern that we're recognizing. So it's like, I keep wanting to, to, to not put my tinfoil hat on, but they keep giving me reasons to, you know? Right. But it's anyway, fun. Charlie, I, I, I'm, I don't want to take up more of your time that you've already graciously uh, have given uh, to me today. Well, but I appreciate, I, I appreciate talking I, to you and I appreciate the work that you do. And I think that there's people out there that well, um, should, uh, when it comes to the alternative media, you this is not a a, a line of work or a, a hobby you get into to make money. You know? no. So uh, no. there's there's just simply not it. That's not really a thing here. You do it because you you love doing it. So I I always well, say if there's people out there that that have more money than time, and you can support the alternative media please donate money. But if you've, if you've got more time than you have money, which is probably, which is, you know, most of us here, yeah. um, then share the shows and get them out and, and send them to people and say, Hey, listen, you know, like do, do what you can to spread the word. I mean, I, I'm so appreciative of you, of you and the work that you do and the, nice. you know, it's like a constant flow. Nice of, person. It's like a constant drip of information and stories that I just see that you're just putting there and I can just click on that and go, hey, I'm into that. Let me check it out. So um, I just wanted to let you know that we recognize you and that we think that you're the the best in the business at, at research. And we're uh, always pretty I excited to get your shit. <laughs> usually really good. And we've never heard of it ourselves. So I, I appreciate it. But I, I want you to be able to tell everyone that you have a new show uh, on the radio that you yep. have. And I want you to be able to promote everything, Charlie. Well, I've got a TNT radio dot live is the uh, radio station. <clears throat> They're a, an Australian based internet radio. They've got some good presenters. I've been um, into their stuff now for a couple of months. And, uh, and I had been on some of the shows. I know some of the hosts and, and had been on as a guest on a few of the shows and started interacting with their producers quite a bit. And then the owner of the, of the radio station turns out listens to macroaggressions and yeah. reads my books. Cool. So, uh, they, 
They had, a spot, <laughs> they had a spot open on Saturdays and uh, for two hours. And so uh, I wound up getting a radio show over there. So Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Okay. TNTradio.live is the website. And then it goes out as a podcast later. But what's fun about it, Chris, what's, what I'm, what I'm, Last week was my first episode. I had uh, Billy Ray Valentine and, and uh, Tony. Tony Arterburn as my first two guests, which makes sense. Two two good friends, two radio guys that I, I really respect. Um, so I had them on and uh, it goes out in Australia where the company is based at midnight on Saturday night. So I've got... so. So it it's kind of got a little coast to coast. Coast to coast AM. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. concerned. So I, in honor of Art Bell, I uh, I made sure to open up a time traveler hotline. I announced a time traveler hotline on it. So <laughs> yeah. any time travelers, uh, and I'm going to do that at the beginning of every show. I'm going to make sure that everybody knows that that phone line is open. Now, are uh, you going to get in mad honor if, of the great gonna, Art Bell? Are you going to get mad if? Uh... A certain person by the name of John Titer calls in, but sounds like someone like myself. Are you going to get mad at that? Nope. Wouldn't get okay. mad at that, John. Oh, man. That's John Titer. A... Yep. 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 So, uh, so yeah. And, and it just was. So, anyway, I've got a radio show. It'll go out as a podcast awesome. as well. Two hours, two different interviews. Yeah. Uh, I've got Ken Ami coming on uh, this Saturday. He's an author. Uh, he and I did a book together. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I contributed a chapter to a book called Hollywood Aliens and UFOs, which <laughs> he just right. put out. So um, he's going to awesome. be on. And Mel Kay is going to be on. She's more conservative oh, leaning. I got to talk to her on Union of the Unwanted that time. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Mel's cool. So, um, so those are my my guests and and thanks okay. for having me on and and anyone that wants to buy my books you can go to Amazon and do that you can go to my website theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com you can follow me on Twitter at macroaggression which I have fun on on Twitter yelling at robots so, yeah <laughs> and you you're on uh, band uh, TV right and band band video oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're uh, we're there um, obviously union of the unwanted i'm one of the four, four co-hosts of, of yeah. union of the unwanted and also i do a, a really fun definitely the thing that's going to get me kicked off the internet type of show called day zero with some guys uh we do that on sunday me this, Corey have, Hughes, xq 420 and lindsey Sharman. is that not to be confused with uh sam triple e show zero not to be confused. Yeah, different. Okay. His his zero show is like um spiritual. spiritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And day zero is like fuck the government. We're making guillotines. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome, Charlie. But it's all comedy and it's all it's all make believe, but like I need that comedy. Anyway, uh in closing, I just wanted to say that um I have some good friends that put out a podcast called Knights of the Storm, and uh, they would very much love to have you as a guest at some point. So cool. I'll do it. All right, tell Charlie. Them, tell them, yes, tell them to reach out to me for sure. That is fantastic. And you are the man, and you've helped me out uh, in in many way, different kinds of ways, and I always will appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you too. So, so I can't wait to share this show. Get